Hello and welcome to the Talk is Treaty podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Hickey. Delighted as always to be joined by Kevin Coyley and um, very, very special podcast today. And we're joined by incoming CEO of Treaty United, Kira McCormack. Kira, thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, we really appreciate you joining. Uh, Kevin, how are you? Fantastic. <laughs> good, good. Um, I suppose, Kira, um, a whirlwind few days. Uh, how has it been for you? Um, it's been really exciting to just see the response and, um, yeah, just everybody really excited. And, um, obviously it's been in the works and talked, you know, talked and back and forth for like quite a few months. So actually now that it's done and all the energy can be put towards, you know, building something for next year is, is exciting and, and feels like a good use of energy. Yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose, Jumping on to different podcasts, uh, interviews, having RTE, Virgin Media, it's all kind of great exposure, I suppose, for yourself. Becoming the first female CEO of, I suppose, a club with men's and women's. I know that they had one above in Galway before for the, for the ladies' side, but uh, it's, all, it's all great exposure for, for what's to come. Yeah. And I mean, it's not even, it's not about me at all. It's, it's, I'm like really happy to be able to leverage um, that sort of like, you know, history making part of it to, you know, just give treaty itself good exposure and, um, you know, just again, to have the chance to talk about all the amazing things going on at the club um, that, you know, probably people don't realize. So um, yeah. So from that perspective, it's exciting to see treaty in the news more than myself, to be honest, I'm getting a bit sick of my own voice, but um, yeah. (laughs) Um, let's say you're someone who's been, let's say, someone around now, they've been living under a rock, they haven't been following the, the I suppose, the, the, the press conference, the press release, they've just seen something on Twitter. How would you explain this whole thing to them if, if you were to do it? Um, yeah, how would you explain it? Um, I mean, I guess sort of like where, where did I come from? Where did this group come from? Um, I guess just a really quick, my background, I'm from Canada, grew up in Vancouver with Irish parents. My mom's from West Cork. My dad's from Athlone. Um, I guess, yeah, sort of my background, I went to university down in the U.S. Um, I was on the verge of the Canadian team. Um, and well, actually, I guess backing up a bit more, more than that, I was, I guess, early 2000s was one of the first players from North America to get a pro contract in Europe played in Denmark, went to Champions League final. Um, I think one of the first years there were Champions League, Champions League final. Um, not to age myself, but to age myself. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, so I, I was really lucky. I had a lot of opportunities traveling and, you know, university paid for and all that stuff through soccer. Um, and then ended up, um, yeah, going back to Canada. I was on the verge of the national team. We had a huge abuse scandal and cover up with our, you know, he was an Olympic coach and a under 20 national team coach. And anyways, it, the whole thing got covered up. Um, I left kind of in the midst of the whole thing going on, um, ended up uh, going to Norway to play pro and then got picked up by Ireland. And so played for the national team for Ireland for a few years um, and then kind of sort of stopped my pro career, I guess, around 31. I left Norway where I'd played for a while, went to the U.S., started up a club down there. Um, and then I actually ended up playing one more season in Australia. 
And then um, in 2019, I this coach that had been fired for sexual misconduct against teenagers had been on the field and there was just a huge cover up by Canada soccer and everyone associated around it. And so I wrote a blog in 2019, I guess like whistleblowing as I learned the term was um, and sort of exposed the whole story. Um, and so I've sort of been in this media whirlwind in Canada for the last, you know, four or five years um, around that whole case. The coach ended up getting charged and then convicted and he's in jail now um, for, you know, crimes over 20 years against players. So, um, yeah. So for me also, I'm on the, or I, I was, I probably won't be able to continue, but on the first pro player union for Canada. Um, so I'm super passionate about players' rights and players being in a good environment and obviously have seen some pretty horrific things um, go on in soccer. Um, but anyway, so to get to the treaty part of the story, basically in I don't know, 2021, I kind of had this idea that I wanted to start a women's team in West Cork, where my mom is from. And I have a lot of cousins that are still down there involved in soccer in West Cork. So I got in touch with the League of Ireland um, and they kind of said, well, you know, we're moving towards professionalizing the structures. So like men's team, women's team, youth academy. Um, and so I um, they were like, you know, you basically have to start that off from scratch. And I kind of was like, that's ah, a little bit more than I was thinking. So they were like, well, there's actually a club in Munster that need help on the women's side, Treaty United. And I said, well, that's perfect because one of my best friends playing for Ireland is Mary Curtin, and she's a player and a coach in Treaty. So I'll get in touch with her. So I reached out to Mary and then um, got in touch with the board. And uh, we don't have any kind of a league in Canada on the women's side when you're done university, like nothing at all, which again, people think is crazy because we, you know, we're the reigning gold medalists from the Olympics. But it's just really toxic sort of structure and, and just, uh, yeah, we don't have anything really for women when they're done. So I basically offered to the board at Treaty that I would, um, with my business, which I've run sort of simultaneously to playing, um, which is all like coaching and um, just, I run events basically helping university play, or sorry, high school players connect with universities uh, across North America. So that was sort of my business. So I said, you know, I'll sponsor some girls to come over to Treaty Canadian girls and, you know, Treaty was a little bit sort of skeptical. And I, you know, who's this random Canadian girl, you know, saying she's going to pay for these players to come and kind of what's in it. Anyways, I kind of, I guess that was in April last year. I had that conversation. They kind of went away to think about it. I didn't hear from them. Sort of was watching the results last year and saw they were not having a great season. And then in October, end of October last year, they reached out and said, you know, we actually would love to take you up on the Canadian players. And for me, then I was like, well, now I have like six weeks to pull this together when I had come to you guys in March. But anyways, I, I decided to take it on. So I was like Jerry Maguire, like the end of last year, <laughs> get, you know, Canadian players to come. Um, anyways, so ended up, you know, arrived in February, um, told Mary, you know, I'll jump in and play, but like kind of wanted to keep it quiet to sort of see how my body was because I'm 40, I was 43 and I hadn't played in four years. Um, but anyways, then it ended up getting announced. So then the pressure was on me to, you know, show up in some sort of shape to, you know, be able to play. But anyways, came in in February, um, kind of recognized immediately that the club 
you know, just again, there was that transition, I think, happening in the Irish League from sort of amateur and volunteer run to sort of more expectations and those sorts of things. And I could kind of see that the club was stretched pretty thin. So at that point, again, I obviously had a good relationship with the board at that point and then followed through with what I'd said I would do. So I said, you know, would you guys be open if I found investors? And I, you know, they very openly were like, yes, we would be. So I went back away and then um, reached out to a friend of mine, Riley Sempt, who I had gone to university with. Um, we only met in university, even though we're both from like five minutes away from each other, but I had gone to the public high school. He'd gone to the private high school. So we met in university and had stayed friends. And I knew, um, well, he was married. He went to UCC for med school and his wife's Irish. And I knew his dad was like, had a business of some sort. So reached out to Riley to see if his dad would be interested, ended up finding that like the business was this massive family office. Um, they're like the most humble, amazing people. And the more I learned about Tricor Pacific Capital, the more I was, it was kind of blew me away how much there was alignment in terms of their philosophy and in investing in businesses where, you know, it's all about people and long-term and all the things you kind of want to hear when you want to, you know, do something with the soccer club and genuinely want to make a positive impact. So anyways, we basically went through the whole process, gotten, you know, started talking to the actual board of treaty. They wanted to go through a whole due diligence process. So it took quite a while, but anyways, landed basically with us um, making the announcement on Thursday in a total whirlwind. So that's a, a very fast version of a very long story. Okay. Um, yeah, I suppose that answers my next question of, of why treaty, because when we first, I mean, Kevin, you will agree, when we first heard, we were like, what's in it for them? Like, as in, and I suppose here, what, and it was asked um, at, at the press conference on um, on Tuesday, what is, what, what's what's the return for Tricor? Because obviously they are a business and they don't, they don't do anything for free, no business does. So what, what what's their, their, their edge on this? You know, to be dead honest, obviously like the Irish soccer market's not like a place to... You know, if you're looking to make your millions, it's not the, you know, and there, it, it wasn't even like Tricor was in the hunt for, um, you know, they weren't in the hunt for an Irish soccer club to, they, like, they don't do anything in the sports realm. They're in, you know, food and, and real estate and stuff. So, I mean, honestly, for them, it, like, it, obviously, they are business people. They don't want to be losing money, but they are, a, you know, they are an invest, like a family office that invests in, you know, companies over the long term. So I don't, they're not coming in looking to make a quick buck or flip the club or do anything crazy like that. Like for them, it, it's genuinely like, and again, where the, the, you know, the city, the Midwest, the club, all like me, we're all so lucky to have them because basically like their whole business ethos is building things long-term and, and they want to build, obviously, yeah, of course they, they, you know, they want to make it into something, but obviously if it's a profitable business, it means that it's, you know, thriving in the community. We're producing players from Limerick and all those sorts of things. But, um, you know, that's obviously, that's not a, that's not going to happen overnight at all. Um, and that's obviously going to take investment on their end to do it. So it's more of a passion project in the sense that like I've spoken, you know, they're aware of my whole background with the abuse stuff and what I've gone through as a player and, and just my vision. And, and, and honestly, like, I really do see there being so much possibility just in the Midwest and in Limerick if this is done properly. And so um, I think I was pretty persuasive in sharing my vision and, and what I see. And like, I think there's a lot of similarities to be honest from like 
you know, I'm from Vancouver and just, I, I kind of feel like Ireland's like where, you know, Vancouver was 20 years ago and it's, you know, absolutely blossomed over the last 20 years. Um, again, into sort of more of a business, you know, thing that produces players and that kind of thing, as opposed to kind of, you know, just volunteer and, and yeah, just kind of just trying to run day to day. So um, those are aspects of it. I think, I think my sort of selling of the vision of it. Um, but again, it's, it's, there's going to be, a, it's going to be a long road to turn it into, you know, the sort of business side of it, obviously, but, um, but yeah, so like I said, they're not, they're not a, a group coming in looking to, you know, it, it, unfortunately Irish soccer is not at a place right now that it's like a, it's, it's the vision of what it could be is I think what excited them. Okay. Um, to be honest, Jamie, all, all I could sell anyway, Jamie, with 3D is a set of jerseys. We have nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kira, I suppose there's a lot of people who, I suppose, don't really follow 3D at the moment who would have been old, old supporters of Limerick FC or Limerick United, Limerick 37, and go on. What kind of insur- assurances, I know it's very early, but can you give them that... Like they've seen their club burned and gone through and changed names and this died and a new club rose. What assurances yeah. can you give to those type of people and say, like, if you do come back, this won't happen again? And I know it's football and anything can happen, but I suppose a lot of people are kind of done with the right, I'll just support the new team, right, I'll follow the new team. Yeah. When, when they've been burned so many times before. Yeah, I mean, I think to be honest, it's as simple as like even research Tricor Capital as a as a group. You know, like they have long-standing business relationships where they've built businesses and have partnerships for like 20, 30 years, and businesses that have gone from like not very much into super sustainable and profitable. So I think again, from like a financial backing perspective, like Tricor's got an amazing track record. I think you know, I think my business, who I am as a person, you know, like, I think there's a lot of longevity and integrity and and everything in terms of things that I've been a part of, Um, you know, and, and listen, like I, like any relationship, it takes time. You need to build trust. I don't expect, I totally understand. And and I've learned about the background and the history um, of, you know, football in Limerick. So I think for me, it's, I completely understand it. And I think, you know, I look forward to the the challenge of building trust, but but again, it's hopefully again, it's on us to to just sort of prove that we're not going anywhere, and this is something we're invested in, and bringing on people like Mary Curtin and Tommy Barrett, like you know, those are sort of the the foundation, the you know, the, the people of just the most highest integrity that have been in the game here a long time, and they believe in this. So you know, again, hopefully, all those things make people feel like, you know, this is not just sort of a flash in the pan and that we are here long-term. But again, I don't expect anybody, I I completely understand the trauma of football in Limerick over the long-term and I don't expect and totally understand if people are skeptical and, and yeah, it's on us to, to prove that we're going to be around for the long-term. We're very, we're very grumpy people, Jamie. (laughs) Limerick soccer supporters, we're we're, we're very grumpy people at this age. I told like the other day, Jamie, what's this? This is your first club, Jamie, is it? No, this would be my third, second, second. I think, I... like, like I'm, at, I'm supporting, I think, 20 years, 25 years, and this is my fifth, I think. Oh, <laughs> that's stage, crazy. So. so, yeah, so you, you'll understand why we're a small bit grumpy, but yeah, we're okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, 
You just mentioned Tommy and Mary there, Kira. I suppose Tommy's confirmed to stay on for men's um, senior manager next year. Will Alvin still be women's senior manager next year? Or is that still to be decided? To be honest, Tommy and Mary were the first ones we kind of pinned down in the sense that like they are Limerick through and through. And in terms of just like, even with Tommy, it's not even just about the men's team. It's just about the overall, you know, the history that he has in Limerick and, and all of that. And so um, Alvin, obviously I played on the women's team this year. Alvin's done a phenomenal job. He has been commuting from Dublin, which again, training twice a week is, you know, doable to some degree. So, you know, we're basically, you know, we're looking at all of, all of it really like the entire club, the entire structure with all the coaches and, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, like it's, we've just come in on Thursday and it's, it's been a, you know, just an absolute whirlwind, but Alvin's done a phenomenal job with the women's team this year. Um, and yeah, like I said, the, the fact that Tommy and Mary were sort of solidified right off the bat is more in the sense that they're like, you know, li- the heart of Limerick soccer and, and people that we wanted to have a strong voice, um, you know, just in terms of as we kind of get our feet on the ground, but yeah, for everybody, like, we're just, we're going to evaluate everything and, you know, we are going to try and professionalize things and train more and all that. And there are lots of factors with that. So we're going to, yeah, we're just going to take our time and, you know, take the next few weeks and just get settled in and, um, yeah, Obviously, I'm communicating with Alvin um, and really like Alvin a lot. So, um, yeah, so that's like all of that. I think we're just going to take till the end of the season to sort of sort out, you know, just what next year is going to look like. Yeah, I I suppose it's kind of good timing in a way of you taking over because there is only a couple of games left for both the men's and the women's and the underage academies are winding up. So it gives you a whole off season to kind of put things in place for the first game of next season. Whereas if you kind of came in a bit earlier throughout the season, okay, there might have been more backing in the July uh, window, if you want to say, but everything is a lot more rushed. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's, it, it's been quite a, you know, a journey for me in the sense that like, I, you know, obviously as this is going back and forth and you're inching slowly towards the finish line, but you still don't know if things could fall apart or, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just been, yeah. even for me, like there's been, I've put so much energy into this over the last few months and there was in the back of my head, like maybe this isn't, you know, what happens if this falls apart. So um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's, yeah, it is what it is. It's the timing that we have. It's enough time for us to, you know, but we're really going to have to put our heads down and we already have, you know, we're nonstop meetings and going and here, there and talking to people and, and whatever. And, and, you know, there's obviously a lot, even just operationally to try to like get a grasp of. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think we recognize that we do have a tight window to turn things around, but we do want to do things properly and make sure we set a foundation moving into next year. So we are just trying to take that little pocket of time till the end of the season and just, um, yeah, just really get a sense of everything. Cause like, obviously I've been a player and I've, I've been in, in treaty and I have a bit of an advantage to sort of have a bit of the lay of the land, but kind of going on the other side, like there is so much more besides just what's going on on the field even. So that, you know, that has to happen in order to have a, a team on, or, you know, multiple teams on the field. So, um, yeah, those are all things that, um, yeah, it, like I said, there was, you know, I thought maybe it could have happened earlier, but it is what it is. And we do have enough time to do a good job for next year. So, um, yeah, so it, it's, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of work, but it, it's already been a lot of fun. How much do you think, how much do you think, Kira, um, being a player so recently is going to help you in something like this? Like, and I know at the press conference you said as well, um, like you, you've been in so many different situations as a player. Like, so you've seen the good, the bad, like you went, as you said, from, 
the Champions League and things in Norway to say, like, as you said, no offence to anyone, but the results were 3D the season before you came in and, you know, it's, it's a completely different level. Like a lot of people, even who played the game, there's a long gap between when they played and when they say, get involved in boardroom level. Do you think it would be an advantage to that it's, it's like so soon after playing as in, you were literally playing last year, like. <laughs> no, I played. I played this year, so I didn't. I didn't. This, play this last season, year. sorry, last season. This season, sorry. This I season, yeah. No, um, like I think that I think absolutely. I, I absolutely think it's a huge advantage that I've played, and and obviously, you know, I'm I'm still technically, I guess, on the roster this year, but um, yeah. I mean, I, I think even because I think that's the thing. I think a lot of times in soccer clubs, there's disconnect between the people making the budgets or the people you know, just that are making like soccer decisions, but they're on the sort of operation side of things, but they're making decisions that are impacting the players. So like, that's the thing for me as a player, like I know the things that are important. Like I know from an environment perspective for coaches, what's important. I know, um, you know, facilities wise, what's important physio, like all those things. So um, yeah, I absolutely think it's an, it's an advantage. And, and obviously the final product of any soccer club is, is what's on the field. So kind of having like a really strong sense. And obviously like I'm a competitor, <laughs> like, you know, I, I think I, I, yeah, I mean, again, my sort of ethos is that like, I'm super hardworking. I, yeah, like, again, and this is all that sort of played into me as a player, like super hardworking. I think I have a good attitude and a lot of adversity. I've gone through a lot of adversity as a player. So like, um, you know, just resilience, all those things that I think like who I was as a player, who I am as a player, um, you know, those things for sure, I think translate into, um, you know, running anything really, you know, and I, I, I think also like I've been under some really horrendous leaders, coaches, whatever. So I also know, you know, like how not to be and, and, and the things that are important and not even just within like coaches, but also within the community. Like I, I think I've seen the, the, you know, the good way to treat people or like how I've been treated in a good way by some people and then horrendous treatment by other people. So I think you learn those things and those lessons as a player. And I think that absolutely those are things that I can take and, and bring into treaty. And, and again, at the end of the day, like I want to win, <laughs> but I want to win the right way. And I, and it's about long-term and, and, and that's the thing. It, like my vision for this is long-term building something sustainable. So of course, like I'm competitive and, and I, I, you know, even this year, like I, I've not played on very many teams in my career that haven't, you know, been to be honest, like top three, yeah, at the very least, if not winning. So, you know, so that, that side of things as well. Um, yeah, but I also, again, it's also really valuable to be in situations, um, when, you know, you're at the other end of the table and, and just kind of getting a sense of that as well. So yeah, I, I think all those things hopefully will, will, you know, benefit the club, benefit the players, benefit the community. And, and again, it, it just kind of makes me even more excited to kind of take that player's touch and try to turn this into something special. Tough one for Albin if you keep playing and you play badly, isn't it? <laughs> no, I, just, <laughs> I, just the, I have a long resume of sitting on benches with a great attitude. So this can, can exa- can't exactly take you off now. It's like Albin, I'm taking this penalty. He's like, no, 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 but I, <laughs> no, no, trust, trust, no. Trust me, I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can ask anyone that's not, that is 100% not my style. And like I said, I have plenty of practice sitting on benches. And no, at the end of the day, for me with this, like, it's about what's best for the club first, and and that's again that that's at, at the beginning and the end of it. What's best for the club? What's best for the team? And and um, yeah. So that, although yeah, of course, like uh, people would say that, but yeah, no, that that would never happen. 
That's, that's easier said than done. I'm just going to whip the CEO off there. <laughs> um, Kira, I suppose just a couple of listener questions and we kind of hop in back into our own questions. Um, but a lot of people, obviously, I think you've seen them yourself. There's a lot of kind of the, the same things that, that come up. So I'll try and, and surmise them as best I can for you. Um, so Shane Mitchell comes in and asks, will the club be looking at getting some kind of licence to sell alcohol inside the ground? We must be one of the only few clubs in the country without its own bar. Yeah, to, to be honest, and, and I, I obviously saw a lot of the questions on Twitter. Like I, you know, like I said, I, I is it today's Thursday? I, I don't even know what day it is anymore. But like we've literally been in here for like a week. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, to be honest, there's like a lot of things again, from like a grounds perspective, um, that, you know, we need to understand better. And, and so, yeah, absolutely. Again, it, it's, if it, if it's something that's being done elsewhere, obviously we would look into it. Um, yeah, it's, it's something, like I said, I, I just don't know the ins and outs, like, let's say with alcohol and the implications of that and all that, but obviously if it's something that is done elsewhere and, and, you know, we'll, we'll a hundred percent take a look at all the operators, make sure that the, you know, again, being from North America, even like, I know the game day experiences, um, you know, obviously like just the whole enjoyment of being there is, you know, even what goes on off the pitch. So I think, yeah, we'll, we'll be looking at everything and, and for sure the alcohol license, like, again, I have no idea even if it's difficult to, I'm imagining it's difficult to get. So yeah, those are all things that, that we'll be taking a really close look at over the next couple of weeks for sure. Um, our other podcaster, Darren, who, who's working today, couldn't make it. He goes, a big priority is the identity of the club and having Limerick back in the name is a must for the future. Are, are there plans to get that in place as we are the only club outside Dublin, Barfin Harps, that don't have the city slash county's name in the club? Um, I suppose this is something that you mentioned in, in the press conference as well. And it's a big thing that came up over and over in the survey about having Limerick somewhere in the lane and maybe having Blue as a, as a home jersey. But uh, obviously, I know you're here a week, but do you think that's something that you would look into to represent I suppose where the club is yeah I mean I think we're gonna like one thing we are gonna look at for sure is a re like just a rebrand in general um just yeah and I think that I think with that obviously you know it's about getting the community you know the voice and and um you know just again getting a sense of what people want because it's obviously it's the it's the fans club it's not just our club um so yeah absolutely like I think and that's the thing, like, again, with sort of coming in so late in the season, like, we're not going to really, there just wasn't enough time. And, and to be honest, like, I think it's actually something that'll be really fun and engaging in a way to hopefully even bring people back that maybe were, you know, previous iterations of, you know, Limerick football that, you know, that maybe, again, would like to have a voice in terms of what the club's called and, and all that. So, yeah, that's absolutely something we're open to. Um, it's not, it wouldn't be for next season, obviously, because the turnaround's too tight, but I think it could be a fun activity for the entire community to, to do and be involved with next year and absolutely we have an open mind towards that for sure I suppose on that Kevin you would know a lot more than me obviously you're older than me been around a lot more than me but how you know, dare you <laughs> the amount of people that you know that don't come to treat you at the minute because of I suppose they don't identify with the club yeah as I, like as I've said a few times on this it sounds so stupid like considering we didn't have a senior football team for a year like it sounds so stupid that someone isn't coming just because Limerick isn't the name or because the colours have been changed but at the same time like identity is everything 
when it comes to football, when it comes to being a football fan, like that's 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 what it is. It's, you know, you identify with the club, you identify with with the team and the players and and everything. And like our identity for as long as I've been alive has been Limerick has been playing in blue. So it, it does look there's, there's there's some of us are kind of just we were happy to have a senior football team and we were willing to put it aside a bit. But like even myself, as you know, Jamie, like I've I've been sporting three since since day one, but it's always been in the back of my mind that like this 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 isn't this isn't this. Do you know like there's there's just that little bit missing when when like it's it's taken away, the identity's taken away, but it's such a massive part of the the tribalism and, and things of like that. But you didn't know I know that word, yeah. But uh, it's like it's such a massive it's such a massive part of it is is stuff like that. So like what what seems a little thing is is massive for some people, and like I'm going as I said twenty twenty five years. There's lads ahead of me that have been going sixty years and fifty years and and whatever and so on and so forth. So like in that entire time, it's been Limerick and it's been blue and like that's what they consider to be Limerick senior football, you know. So it, it's 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 a big thing in a way, even though it seems so trivial at times, but it is it's it's massive. Like you know, like I think when that um. And I'm not sure, I don't know if that was yourselves, Kerry, that put out the, the survey thing, but like everything on Twitter and say, all social media all seem to be pointing to the people want that identity back. And like if it can be done, and as as Kerry said, if it can be done in a fun way that everyone gets involved, then, you know, maybe it might create an extra little bit of a buzz and, you know, it might get people back connected who have faded away a bit. And anything extra at this stage, support wise, and getting people in the gate and getting people around the club can, can only be a good thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Kira, I, I, I don't know if, if we can ask, but I presume it was you and, and Tricor that, that put out the survey. No, actually, that had nothing to do with us. <laughs> but it's great. Okay, I mean, okay. it's great, obviously, that it was done because, uh, yeah, no, absolutely had nothing to do with us. Um, but I did, he- I did hear about it and I did, you know, obviously would love to sit down and really take a look at um, the results of it and, and love the fact that the initiative was taken for somebody to do that. So, um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, no, it wasn't us at all. Okay. Um, just, just take the credit. Yeah. I had no time to do anything else. <laughs> um, Again, I'd I, I probably leave this as the last question about the Marcus Field, but I think in the press conference for those who weren't there, you said a long-term lease is probably the way you were going to go. Is We also knew that there was a report earlier in the year that the, the Limerick uh, City County Council were looking to acquire the Marcus Field off the LEDP. Are you going to engage with them or are you going to go to the Marcus Field directly and look for the long-term lease or, or what ways? Because it badly needs a facelift. Um, especially for women's facilities um, because there, there's a Maeve who, who comes around with us in the Blue Army. She she said in, in most grounds she's been to this year, that's probably the worst uh, women's facilities ever like that she's been in. So it oh, does wow. need a macro facelift in different areas. Yeah, listen, the field obviously is a huge component of, you know, the home ground is a huge component of, of every soccer club. So... I think, you know, for us, it's, um, you know, we need to, again, you know, like I said, we came in a week ago, um, you know, there, there, I think the, the hope is like, we obviously have to sit down with the LEDP and, um, you know, work out a deal for next season. Um, 
the hope is obviously to be at Markets Field for sure. I, I know there has, you know, obviously kind of getting briefed a little bit on, on the background and with the council and the LEDP. Like at the end of the day, I think it's in, you know, I think it, it's in Limerick football's best, you know, case to, to retain Markets Field. And obviously, you know, again, if we were able to get a long-term lease, regardless of who it was off of, you know, that sort of, again, allows you to sort of, well, A, you know, be eligible to receive grants to be able to, you know, spruce it up and, and obviously feel more comfortable investing in sprucing it up um, ourselves as well. So I think that that will for sure, again, regardless of wh whoever it is, like I said, I don't, I, we've just come in and I don't know all the ins and outs of the background of it, but um, yeah. So, I mean, whoever, I, I'm not sure where things are at, um, with, you know, as, as far as I know, it's LEDP that that's in charge of it. So uh, absolutely. We look forward to sit, sitting down with them and, and hopefully making again a win-win for the, the Limerick community to, you know, have markets field and, and have it be a great ground. Um. Someone asked a couple of questions about stuff off the pitch, and then there's a few about stuff on the pitch. But um, the membership scheme, like before, is that still going to plan to run? Um, Emlyn Beglin says, or Begley, sorry, says, I'm personally not sure it works anymore, considering how expensive expensive it is. If there's a bit of money behind the club, is that something you've looked at yet? Or I know again, you've only touched down a week, and uh, there, there's a lot more going on. But is that membership scheme something that you think you might keep on, or or you might scrap, or? Yeah, well, to be honest, and I think this is like a really important message to get out to the, you know, just the community as well. Like, it's obviously, you know, to have the backing of a group like Tricor is amazing. And it's obviously only going to benefit the community. But like, the, you know, for any, you know, football club, the community and the support and the sponsors and all that stuff is absolutely key and crucial. And, and that's, you know, a, a huge piece of again, being able to sort of build off of that and to build into the infrastructure and all that stuff. So that's a huge message, I think, again, to get out there that like we really need the community in, in engagement and, and we do like we do need all the, um, you know, just the, the fans and, and everybody like to to want to continue to be a part of this. Um, yeah, I, I, again, like I said, I think we're going to look at everything um, in terms of how it's been structured um, yeah, and, and at the end of the day, um, you know, make something that, again, it makes sense in terms of something that's, you know, reasonable for the fans to be able to, I think membership's a great idea in the sense of, like, you know, just, again, people that are sort of, that are, you know, you know like the fabric of the club and, and um, you know, that are sort of identifying themselves as people that are invested in it, and to be honest, like, with the membership side of thing too, I think it is a great idea, and I think it also allows us to engage people even from outside Limerick, like, I have a lot of you know, just friends and, and I guess people that have sort of followed the abuse case for a long time and whatever, and, and really like the vision of what we're putting out there. And that's again, an opportunity to have even people from outside of Limerick become members, but obviously, yeah, for sure. We'll look at everything, you know, just to make sure that obviously cost isn't a barrier and, and, um, and yeah, and make sure obviously that we're providing great value for whatever it is that we're offering. So all of that's on the table um, and we'll look carefully for sure. And again, like I said, we do hope to send out some kind of a feedback to everybody in all different components of the club and, and just hear what people have to say. Cause obviously, um, yeah, there's a lot, I'm sure like a lot of people, even that I've spoken to so far have, you know, very individual experiences and, and like, that's my leadership style is to, you know, listen and, and to engage and whatever. So, um, yeah, so for sure we'll be engaging with the members and, and to just get feedback in terms of how their experience has been and make decisions from there. Jamie, just, just on that there as well, cause I think Tommy touched on it as well. Um, at the press conference, like I, I think, People need to realise, and, and like the only reason I'm stepping in saying it as well is 
because obviously people from the club saying it, they're always going to say it. But like, I think people need to realise, even with something like this, is it should be viewed, in my opinion, as like this tricor and the support tricor are going to be given should be an added bonus on top of the support, whatever yeah. support the club has been getting and, and building from there. You know, like in terms of fans, memberships and businesses around the, the Midwest and Limerick and all, I think like, you should see it more as an opportunity you now to get involved with something that's with the added support of Tricor could become something special rather than, well, they're here now. Leave them 100%, to it. 100%. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Kira, when the club engaged with fans on a regular basis, when this was last last season, things started to go downhill. Um, to be fair to you, you've already kind of engaged with us as Blue Army, and we're really appreciative of uh, you backing our bus for Friday to get us down to Waterford. Um, but I suppose that was something that, to be fair to Trevi, like you, it, it was always um, it was always there. It was always transparent. I suppose as the new CEO, will you be looking to link in with fans and I suppose the Blue Army and other sections of supporters as much as you can? Only if you guys don't get any more fines. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Well, don't get any more fines, please, because I <laughs> I saw, I, I almost fell off my chair when I saw how big our fines are, but not just from you guys, obviously, but, um, <laughs> but no. Mostly from us. Mostly from us. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to figure out. You guys are, have to give me the secret trick in terms of how to calm everyone down to not get any more fines. But um, no, and I mean even on that note, like um, and actually in terms of the bus, I have to give credit to Sean O'Brien who is from the board because he was the one that um, you know, he he suggested that as a, a good idea in terms of just again sort of again obviously we we appreciate so much how important the fans are and um, but again it's it's great even having someone like Sean continuing his involvement because obviously, you know, there's, there's people that have been around for a long time that have their ear to the ground and, and know things. Um, yeah. And obviously the, we're happy to, we, the fans are the lifeblood of it. And, and obviously I love, again, as a player going somewhere and, and I've also been a rowdy away fan at a, at a, you know, when I was in university, I loved going to games and other venues and um, yeah, it's a super fun part of it. So yeah, absolutely. I, I think for us, we want to hear, I mean, yeah, like you guys are the ones putting in the effort. You guys are the ones that care, you know, like I said, like, I think it's just, again, finding a balance too, in terms of, again, with the fines and all that stuff, trying to find a, you know, a, a ground of like being passionate, but, you know, just again, us all working together to, again, at the end of the day, we're all passionate about the club. We want the club to do well. Um, yeah. We want to support you guys and know what we need to do to, you know, make you guys feel appreciated. And I think that's a super important part of things. So absolutely the fans are the lifeblood of the whole thing. And, and I will always have a, you know, an open ear to, to, to listen and to hear like how we can enhance the experience for everybody. But you guys also right. need to come more to the women's games. <laughs> yeah. we're, all, we're already trying. We already put it out for um, the Shamrock Rovers game. Love it. We're, love we're, it, we're love going it. to try. And uh, listen, we're very easy to take care of. All you need to do to take care of us is just pay the fines. Otherwise, we're going to go broke very quickly from the looks of it. Ah, but we'll have a laugh though. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be broke, but we'll think it's funny. No. <laughs> um, I suppose being a board member and, and I suppose engaging 
and I, I don't mean this in any slight to, to the previous board, and they did do an amazing job to get senior football back in Limerick, but bar maybe Sean O'Brien and Mike O'Hearn, I couldn't put a face, or Cullum Hayes, I couldn't put a name to any of the faces of the board members, um, which I thought was kind of, okay, you had Sean, you had Mike, and you had, and you had Cullum, who were probably doing all the talking for a massive board where when they weren't making the decision solely, I suppose. Obviously, I know I, I know you would like to be at the games and, and stuff like that, but will I suppose there be like a chance for fans to go and meet the board to to sit down and have a chat with them to to I suppose see what the plan is for two three years time. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's really important to recognize too, you know, with the previous board in, in general, like they were all volunteers with like yeah, you know, jobs and families and literally like running a soccer club with like not that much and and even again like I said even just being in there for the last week I can see that it's it is an intense endeavor and I am even more impressed in terms of the amount of time that people put in so you know that's the thing as well where like obviously from the fans perspective you guys just see the games but there's so much work that goes in behind it so I think from that perspective you know just yeah in, in terms of people maybe not being as visible they're probably the ones that heads are down, you know, working super hard in the background. So um, I think that's really important to recognize. And obviously you guys did kind of recognize that. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I think that that's part of, um, you know, for sure, like engaging the fans and the, and the members and, and all those sorts of things. Um, yeah, I, I can, I can see that being a, a part of things for sure. Um, again, sort of logistically, what does that look like in terms of some of the, the new board being outside of Ireland? Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously Zoom and those things exist. And, and yeah, at the end of the day, um, yeah, I, I think it's in everyone's best interest to sort of be open with each other and, and to have conversations. So I'm sure again, if, if um, yeah, I'm sure that'll be a part of it. Like I said, we're, we're just, we're just settling in. So just trying to figure it all out. But yeah, I don't see why, I don't see why we wouldn't be able to have that kind of engagement. Um, last question about off the pitch, and then we'll get on to the, the fun stuff on the pitch. Um, I suppose... Stephen comes in and asks, what is the five to ten year plan for the club? Will some sort of strategy be prepared that outlines these objectives for all aspects of the club? And if so, how would it be shared or will it be shared with fans in due course? Yeah, absolutely. Part of what we'll be doing is is making, um, yeah, absolutely like a strategy. And, and, you know, again, in terms of success long term, it does absolutely require a plan. So I think that's a hundred percent on the agenda for us to do. And, and yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, in terms of being transparent about the direction that we're moving in again, because moving in any direction and having the club be successful, I think requires, you know, everybody to be engaged. And obviously lots of the fans have businesses and ways that, you know, they can pitch in and help in their own different sorts of ways, even if it's not a financial side of things. So yeah, I, I think absolutely, um, it's, you know, everyone pushing the boat together um, towards building something long-term and sustainable and successful um, and stable in Limerick. So I think uh, for sure that'll, that would be a part of it in terms of being open about, you know, what, what direction we are trying to head in for sure. Um, so if someone were to ask you for, let's say, next, over the next three seasons, what would be the biggest things that will change for the players on the pitch? The ones mm-hmm. who are going to be signing their, I suppose, their part-time professional contracts, as Tommy said, for the younger players, for committing to treaty. Um, what 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 will change for them over the next three years? 
I mean, I think the first step, honestly, and again, talking about me coming in as a player and just sort of seeing and obviously being in tons of really high performance environments, like for me, the first step is increasing the training volume just because, you know, again, training twice a week, like the last time I trained twice a week was when I was like 11 years old playing recreational <laughs> soccer. So, you know, I, and, and I say that with so much respect in the sense of like, that we've got underage internationals, you know, and, and um, you know, lots of like high performing players that are competing in the league of Ireland. Um, you know, that's phenomenal. But I think to me, I look at that and think, wow, like if that's what people are able to do off of training two times a week, like, could you imagine if we go up to four or five times a week? So I think mm. just professionalizing the environment for players in terms of just um, obviously, like I said, the training load, but also, you know, the support around it in terms of, you know, just making sure again, that we check boxes um, in all capacities to, you know, for me, I'm really passionate about player development and player pathways. So I think that'll be a huge piece of it in terms of really creating an environment that, you know, players want to be in and be a part of. And I think that's been a big problem is that a lot of really top-notch Limerick based players have gone to other clubs outside of Limerick because for whatever their different reasons, were but so I, I would love to build an environment that like every you know we're not only our players in Limerick ecstatic to be here because our training environment but we're drawing in players from other parts of Ireland you know North America um, and really building up that side of the club so that's a huge piece of it for me for sure um, and then yeah I think in terms of just like infrastructure I think ideally I would love to work towards us having our own training base and just again sort of having a place that's again, for our club and our coaches and our teams to gather. And, um, you know, so I think working towards that, um, I would say those two things would be, and then obviously kind of on a commercial level building, you know, so we have a big fan base and, and we have a really like excited, engaged membership and that the kids in the community know who Treaty are and they're connected with the team. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've always said in terms of like, me as a person, like I love creating positive environments that allow everybody to feel like, you know, they want to be there and, and that they walk away better from. And I think that that's my ethos bringing into this as well, that like that, yeah, that whether it's the fans or the players or the parents or whoever, that that's, you know, that's, that's the environment that we've created after three years. So I'd say those things would be, yeah, on my checklist for sure. Um, just there, you were talking about players from all around. Um, obviously, with, with you being uh, born in Vancouver and, and uh, Tricor being Vancouver-based, will there be like links forged with, with clubs in Canada um, to, to, to bring players over, kind of like with Annie Uliak, uh, the, the women's goalkeeper who, who's made an awful difference, to be, to be fair, to the, to the Treaty United uh, women's team? Or is it kind of still going to be local based or is there going to be a hybrid of both? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think the my business is actually, you know, going across Canada and and um, and setting up pathways for, you know, elite players to go to university. So I think like even tapping into the University of Limerick and Tuce and the, you know, third level we don't call it third. I, I'm, I'm trying to be, <laughs> throw in my Irish terms here, but I think third level's university, right? Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not so confident yet on my uh, Limerick terminology. Um, but um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think for us, it's like, um, uh, you know, those are, I mean, again, it's an incredible city and there's so much here that can be tapped into. So, I mean, I think again, like I said, like for me, it's about creating an incredible environment that players you know, from the Midwest 
you know, Claire Tipperary, Limerick, the, the players are here, they're getting developed, they're, you know, again, achieving things. And then I think just also then using those connections that I have with North America, because like I said, I'm like totally connected with clubs across Canada, just my regular business and obviously utilizing that and, and bringing over top talent and utilizing University of Limerick and Toos being in town and um, yeah, just building those connections again to try to create the best possible team that we can. Um, look, you, I, I'm not sure if you if you heard the podcast and and stuff before, but I, I'm sure you know yourself what brings in the people to the Martins Field seems to be the results of, of the men's senior team. Um, and obviously, that's not disregarding the academies. That's not disregarding the women's. And hopefully, as things go on, we can grow that we're on par with everything. Um, but how I suppose it's not going to be major they're not going to buy a league there's not going to be no major changes but what will be the big difference aside from training that that will be seen with, with the men's and I suppose and women's senior team for, for next year yeah I mean I think for me the first step and and obviously you know sort of being a female player and, and watching even the women's game grow like it, it's just actually very interesting for me being in Ireland and seeing that it, there just does seem to be this hyper focus on the senior men's team, you know, because it's in other places that I've played, it hasn't necessarily been like that. And I've also, yeah. And, and so it's just kind of an interesting thing. And, and I think for me, like, I think that's the first thing that I, I, I want to change is the perception that like, it's not just the senior men's team, like, you know, and again, even on a commercial level, like 37,000 people were at the Aviva watching the women's national team play the, I was in Australia with 75,000 people watching the Irish women play. So like, I think from a club perspective, like there's so much value in terms of, you know, kind of having and creating an environment that everybody, you know, that the club in general, like that everyone's excited about all the team's performance, not just the senior men, you know, and, and because again, at the end of the day, it's like treaties, a club and it, and it does encompass everybody for sure. And, and so I think like, yeah, I think again, the, the goal is, is to just, it's, it's a long-term structure in terms of, again, producing top-notch players out of Limerick. And I think that's a, that's the foundation of any, you know, successful club. I was just watching actually the, Be the Beckham documentary last night and like, you know, you, but you look at all those players that came through man use like Academy and, and, that that's I mean that's the smartest way from a you know fiscal perspective so I think that that's that that is the direction to you know that we will build up those players and I, I think again obviously again it, it's it's kind of all hand in hand where if we can start building everything around you know again increasing attendance and, and have the focus again obviously again like I said I'm a competitive person I want the all the teams senior men's senior women's academy teams to all do well on the field but I think if we can like you know, build all the stuff around it that's not just focused solely on results. And of course, like I said, I'm competitive and, and I, I want to have a competitive team on the pitch and I know that that's a part of it. But I think it's also opening people's minds maybe a little bit to like, yeah, just just again, that 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 they are not just hyper-focused on results. And, and because I think it will take, you know, a couple of years to, to do things right. And everyone talks about wanting to have a team in Limerick that sticks around for a long time. And you don't do that by just, you know, throwing money and wildly taking a ride, you know, wherever. And then, you know, what's left and where's the, where's the, where's the structure and the foundation. So, yeah, we'll be competitive. And, and I think, again, as we build attendance and whatever that allows us again to you know bring in more players and from the outside that cost money and all that stuff but I think that's again where 
the, the fans and, and that engagement and, and, you know, everybody pushing together and, and not just looking at, like you mentioned that, Oh, Tricor's coming. So now we can all just sit back and just, you know, hope money gets splashed around. Like I think as a collective, if, if everybody again, kind of buys into what we're trying to do and the, the long-term part of it, like, absolutely. I, I, the goal is a hundred percent to go back up into the top division on both sides and, and to have a club that's known. But I think, I think in order to build the structures around it. Yeah. I mean, it might not be like winning the league tomorrow, but that's the goal. Absolutely. And, and we'll be building towards the foundations that allow for that to happen. So we're not, so we're not signing Katie McCabe. So. <laughs> well, I think the cool thing is, is that there's, you know, there's so much, like for me, I love, there's so much untapped talent out there. And, and actually a good friend of mine is Jay Demerit who he has this, I, I'd highly recommend um, his, this documentary called Rise and Shine about his story. But like, he's a player that came over with his backpack, it was, like knocked on doors and got, you know, just doors slammed in his face. And he played sixth division in England and to make a super long story short, watch the documentary, but he ended up captaining Watford in the premiership. And I, knew, I knew, I knew, I knew the name when you said it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal story. And, and actually Jay's someone that I want to bring over um, you know, just to kind of get his energy and, and his story, even to our players and stuff, because it's an uh, uh, rise and shine. If anyone's listening, it's, it's rise and shine. Jay Demerit. Yeah, it's it's it's. An, I would love to hear what you think about it. It's an unbelievable story. But like that's a, those are the kinds of players that are out there, and and I think that's the thing where just for me, like I I think maybe we all come at at you know anything from our own perspective. And I was like a grinder that wasn't a superstar, but you know I think there's so many things like intangibles. <laughs> in players that you want to find. And it's not about just splashing money on, you know, big name players. And obviously we don't necessarily have the luxury to do that, but there's tons of untapped talent out there. And I think that that's where obviously the advantage in the sense that like, you know, just I have a super wide network on the men's and the women's side and, and we'll be tapping into that for sure to benefit the club. And yeah, like I, I, um, I love stories like Jay's because there are so many players out there that are just dying for an opportunity. And, and again, like I said, I, I think it's just about, just creating something within the club that makes everybody excited to be a part of treaty. And, and of course, again, we all want to win, but like win or lose, everybody feels like they're, you know, getting something positive about being around the club. And, and that's to me, the primary goal. What age is Jay? He wouldn't give us a season, would he? <laughs> he's about my age, but he's a lot smarter than I am. He's hung it up for quite a while. So yeah. Damn it. <laughs> um, Kira, you you mentioned it there with a lot of players, let's say being from Limerick and actually not playing with treaties. So like if you want to look at Jenna Slattery up with Galway from the men's point of view, if you want to have a look at, at Will Fitz, Carl Carl Sullivan, Ed McCarthy, um, I suppose they all kind of left when when they were younger players. Is there a plan there for the likes of Darren Owenko, Robbie Lynch, Grace McInerney, Katie Lawley, who are going to be exceptional players in, in Premier Division, um, in a Premier Division team, hopefully? to tie them down for, for a couple of years and get them on kind of part-time professional contracts? Yeah, like I said, we're going to look at the whole, you know, just look at everything strategically um, and and in the next few weeks start making decisions about what we're going to do. But obviously, yeah, for sure, the goal is to retain the top talent um, in Limerick because, again, at the end of the day, it benefits the team on the field. And even for the players, like, it's a, you know, just as someone that's 
been on teams that I've had to commute two hours each way. It's, it's just a lot better use of time to, you know, be in the city that you're, you're living in. So I think for us, the, the goal is creating an environment that, um, you know, players from Limerick that are serious and have big ambitions, you know, just them seeing that, you know, again, people like myself and Mary and Tommy and whoever that, you know, have all played at a high level and, and that we're here and, and this is a place to develop. Um, you just hope that, yeah, we start to retain that talent and, and um, yeah, because there's, there's obviously a lot of it for sure. Um, just actually, I meant to go back on something there. You, you mentioned trying to train more. Has there kind of been assurances made of like a venue for training? Because I know a lot I suppose the assurance is made to both. I suppose Albin and if he if he's there next year and Tommy for definite. But like there were stages this year where Tommy and his players didn't know where they were training for that night, so it would be Wednesday morning and they had no place to train Wednesday night, which sounds mad for a team competing in a pro- kind of professional league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we we that's actually been a huge focus for us, and we've been on the road talking to um, all the different venues, and and yeah, a huge a huge part of it for sure, just organizationally, will be to set up a training schedule and build those relationships with the different facilities, and not having any of that kind of thing happening because again, at the end of the day, the coaches should be focusing on just you know setting up training and and running a good practice as opposed to wondering where they're going to be playing. So that's obviously on us in terms of just operationally running the club to make sure that we set something up that it's um, yeah, that it's, it's, it's organized and and everybody knows where they're going and can plan accordingly. Yeah. And obviously on top of that, then that's obviously the biggest expense of our seems to be the biggest expense of the club every year is the training costs we pay out. Um, How kind of soon, obviously look, it's impossible to put a timeline on it, but just, just when do you kind of see, a, a point where those fees start coming down and there's more of a like a base for for let's say the senior men's and the senior women's at least to train in um again i think it's just about building relationships with the different you know entities around and i think again you know the long term goal would be for us to have our own training facilities cuz obviously um, it's just a smarter use of of money when you're uh, when there's so many teams so i think that that's again for us what we're looking towards is to have, you know, our own um, facilities. But in the meantime, like there's a lot of great partners in the community that are excited and want to be involved with treaties. So I think for us, again, um, it's just about talking to those partners and, and, you know, making win-win situations. So, yeah. And and I think that also comes with like being organized and, and approaching with bookings early. So then you can kind of maybe be in a bit of a better position to, you know, ask for, just different things if, if, if it's kind of one big bulk order and in, in case, instead of things kind of being a bit more piecemeal. So again, those are the things again, that no one sees, you know, that are going on behind the scenes um, that we're like deep, deep in trying to, you know, really make something that, that is in the best interest of the club. And, and that does provide that stability that I think obviously every team needs in order to be successful. Yeah, definitely. And I know you're caught for time, so we won't keep you too much longer. Um, you are stepping into the role of CEO now. Is there anything you'd like to change straight away? And I suppose what would you see at the minute as your biggest challenges on and off the pitch? Fines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really uh, unruly fans. Uh, no, um, uh, no. You I, again. I, I coming from North America, where sometimes I feel like it's pretty calm. Like, I think it's great to see just the enthusiasm and the passion, but um, yeah, no, I think, I think what would I want to change? I I think, I think honestly, 
I think on the field, like I said, I just think professionalizing all of it and, and making, you know, just setting up an environment that the coaches and the players can thrive in and just focus on the soccer and, and focus on becoming the best players that they can possibly be. And, and just everybody, yeah, just having that stability, um, you like the things we've spoken about. And then I think off the field, um, you know, it's just, again, building relationships with the community, building relationships with the corporate, you know, sector, again, solidifying long-term our situation um, with our home, you know, home base, a home field. Um, you know, I think in the short term, those are kind of like the quick hits that I think can kind of, you know, really make a big change in a, in a short amount of time. So, yeah, I think looking at that's kind of, I'd, I'd say where the focus is in the, in the short term in terms of like really making a go for this. Perfect. Kevin, have you uh, any other question for Kira before we let her go? What about a loan to that tenor off the trike, or like? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, there were some really, uh, there's some very witty responses within that. Um, but I, I'd probably be right behind you guys asking for the tenor, so you have to <laughs> fight me for it. Uh, Kira, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, hopefully, your, your, the remainder of this year is, is successful with the men's team. Uh, Getting into the playoffs um, on Friday night and the women's team getting a great crowd behind them for the game against Shagamore Rovers on the TV. Um, yeah. So, again, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully, I will talk to you throughout the year. Sounds good. Thanks for having you're, me you're on. Thanks very much, Kelly. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. That was uh, incoming CEO of Treaty United, Kieran McCormack. Um, we're really grateful for Kira's time to, to join us, Kevin. Um, I suppose, what, what's your reaction to it? Not to be, I suppose we're not talking behind our back, but I suppose it's nice to give our reaction to, to, to what we've just heard. No, look, I think um, I've made it very clear, I think, to, to anyone I've, I've spoken about in, in private, about, I haven't spoken too much about it in public, but in private I've made it known that I, I'm wary of this kind of stuff all the time because... As I said, I think earlier in this, this is my fifth or sixth club, whatever it is, in my in my time supporting him, like senior football, and everyone kind of everyone speaks well, you know. Um, but I think that the thing that I took away more than anything from from Kerala here today is as much as there's talk of the community and there's talk of the other things and. That, that everyone always kind of speaks of and she she always brought it back to the football and you know like the, the football and the players and it's like it's, it's all for developing the football side of things like the, the professionalism in, in the football side of the club the the facilities for the football side of the club because I think we've had too many people before that have like they've had the best intentions even some of them well some of them haven't but some of them have even had the best intentions but it's like They've come in and they've taken over the senior football club, and I know a senior football club can be a great thing for the community and for the area and in Limerick and stuff like that. But that doesn't happen unless the football side is right. But a lot of them have come in before, and it's like fully focused on community, 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 while neglecting the like neglecting the all the teams and the senior men's team and everything. So like. As as I'd say to people like that, and I have said to previous owners, is like if the football side isn't right, nothing else can happen. You know, you can have the best intentions for the community, you can have the best intentions for the Limerick area, the Midwest area, everything you want. That only happens 
when people see some bit of progress on the football side. Like that, or like once that rises, everything else gets easier. You know, to bring people along with you. Like if mm. if if people see that you're you're treating the football side right, then they're more inclined to follow you along with the community side of things and say, well, they're actually doing things right. So this might be done right. Whereas if you're fully neglecting the football side and it's all community, community, well, people are saying, well, like, you're not even taking care of what you're actually here for. You yeah. know, like, why would I, like, why would I bother to help you with this community thing if you're not here taking care of what you're supposed to take care of, which is the football club. And I know that's a, that's a bit of a simple view and a stupid view, but like, I think if, you know, if, if you can try and pick and understand what I'm saying is like, the more successful or the better engagement the club has, not just successful, like, but the better engagement the club has, the more chance to have of getting people to get involved and help out with other things, you know. But that's that's what I enjoyed about speaking to Kerry there is as much as there was a focus on improving things for the community and I think that, that it seemed to always come back with football. And look, I think Kerry is the first, in my time anyway, um, that she's going to be, so I think she's the first person in all the clubs that, that I, I've supported and been around this, it's actually a football person at the top. Mm-hmm. No, and that's that's no offence to some people, you know, the likes of Khan and the likes of Sean O'Brien and, and stuff like that who've been out there, um, like great people, great people. And, you know, I think it does need to be said as as much as we give out and we, we've moaned and we do like, you know, we're going to do that at this stage with these, well, it's football friends, it's in our nature, but... Um, as much as we do complain about things and we've mentioned things we, we thought they got wrong and, and stuff like that, I think we mentioned an awful lot of stuff they got right. And at the same time, I think they're all um, a big debt of gratitude and a big thank you to um, the likes of Con and the, the previous board who are moving on and obviously Sean who's staying because without them, we wouldn't be where we are to even see where this goes with Trico. We would we would just wouldn't have senior football. It yeah. would have just been gone. It would have been a memory gone five years now. Yeah, you know, and we, we we would have all been talking about, geez, I wish we still had it. Remember when we had it? So it's like, as much as we might not agree with everything we've done, as much as we thought they might have been able to do more, like we wouldn't even be we wouldn't even be here talking about anything. There wouldn't be this podcast. There wouldn't be any of this without any of them. So massive thank you to to every one of them, and I think they'll always be warmly welcome back at the Marcus Field. I think they'll always be remembered for for saving and bringing back senior football in the city and you know I think that's the key. people need to realise how massive an achievement that is and you know even like we've had great times on the pitch the last four years with Treaty even at that but even if we didn't I think just the achievement to even get it back was so big and I think it goes under the radar how big of a thing it actually was but as I was saying like I think this board with Treaty was the first one I remember in years and years that even had any football people because it had the likes of Michael Horn. Yeah. You know, who, who's a football man, but now we actually have a football person who's been involved in football all her life. And, you know, as she said herself, she's had ups, downs, travel all over the world with it. And, you know, so I think that's, that's a very, a very important thing. And it's a big thing in this fact that I think if you listen back, as much as there's talk about all other sort of things, a range of things, it always came back to football. Yeah. And, and that, that's, that's a great sign for me. And I think you can, you can hear from listening to Kayla, like I purposely didn't listen to too many of the interviews she done in the last week because I didn't want to come in with prejudging it and already kind of knowing what she was going to say. My original, I wanted to just speak to her between me and you, mm. and and have that. Like, but I think to me, um, heard her at the press conference, but even more so there. Like when you get to 
talk to someone at half ten in the morning for an hour and you know, rest yeah. of and like I think she comes across as very genuine in, in what she wants to do and very genuine in the fact that she wants to succeed and she does want the best for her. You know, it's not like you get sometimes where it's just um talk for talk's sake. I think to me anyway, I could end up being wrong and but I think she comes across as she genuinely, genuinely wants to do well and look, you must be a competitor, you know, if you end up playing if you end up playing um, international football and clearly you're a competitor, so I think there's going to be no doubt that everything is going to be focused on, as she said, rightly, I think, doing things the right way. But it is going to obviously be the focus is eventually be successful on the pitch, which is what everyone wants and which will drag everything up. But I think it does need to be said, and I'm waffling now, Jenny, I know. But uh, I think it does need to be said, um, like it sounds at times, because we've had all these promises at times of, oh, we need to do things the right way, and that, but not never happened. So we just ended up with no success on the field with none of the benefits of it. I think for someone like me who's been around this for a long time now and seen having nothing and seen throwing a lot of money at it and getting a bare bit of success without actual foundations going in and things going in the background, what happens at the end? What do we have left nothing. after the last club? You know, that was my most successful time as a fan to see us winning. The first division twice is all we got to see, but like when that went, what was there? There was nothing. No. So like, so I think the focus being on the likes to say getting our own training base and getting the ground sorted is absolutely spot on. And I think if that means that maybe next season the team isn't going to be as packed full of stars as people might think when you hear a takeover, then we're just going to have to get used to that. And we're going to have to, you know, get behind it because there's bigger things happening than success next year on the pitch because if you get that stuff started that's going to lead to success on the pitch anyway but more sustainable success and there'll be something there if Tricor ever do decide well when they do decide in however many years time this right we're out of here there'll actually be something left behind do you know yeah yeah um, and to be fair just on that the whole thing of having a training base and getting the team to train more like I'd be fully confident you could give 11 kind of postmen do you know, 11 lads who barely kicked the ball in their life, the Tommy and he'll have them in a way that they can compete after four sessions by the end of the season, after four sessions a week with him, like, you know, so. Exactly, exactly. Like, I reckon if you spoke to Tommy and, now I know every manager might like a bit, few more quid here and there, but like, Tommy's a Limerick football man. He's been around this a long, long time as well. So he's seen all the bad shit. He's seen the false promises. He's seen everything. So I reckon if you give Tommy the, the kind of listen here, you can have an extra whatever on your budget. Like, you want to go spend that on four top first division players? Because let's be honest, we're not going to be able to compete for the best players in the, in the, the league anyway because we're in the first division. You know? So, yeah. like, if you're going to tell Tommy here, you can splash that cash there on four or five of the best first division players, or you can have proper facilities at some stage. You can actually get the lads in and train them properly and you don't have to be as you said earlier you don't have to be worrying on a Wednesday morning where you're training on Wednesday night but you can have proper contact time with the lads you can get a proper strength and conditioning um, program going I reckon Tommy take that all day of the week yeah yeah well by no, from the press conference that sounded like the way he was headed anyway but I think it's the right way to do things 100% and look we all we all want success immediately do you know there's like if you could tell me we could do all this stuff while also Walking the, the first division next year, obviously I take it. Everyone wants success, but like trust me, I've had it. Do you know, like I, I've yeah. had the, the good I've had the good nights where we've won the first division. I've had the season where we went 
nearly we only lost one game in the entire first week. Like we knew we were going to win the league about three games in. We were so good. Yeah. Um, I've had that, and it's great at the time. But when it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. Like I have great, I have great memories from that. But that's all you have is memories from it. And as I've said, there's there's nothing going forward from it. You know, and like like that is like. Like you can't even fully be proud of the things like Chidozi because the club Chidozi play for is gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So like if we if we can get things sustainable, well maybe Dan Lawanko might be the next one. Maybe Robbie Lynch might be the next one where like they're overplaying in England, they're doing well. Please God, they're if they go on they'll get to play for Ireland and the club that they came from is still there, so we can still be proud of the fact of you know, we're down there on a Friday night, we're playing against whoever we're playing against and we can still all be talking about Jesus. See Darren last night. Yeah. You know, Jesus. You see Robbie last night, or Fionn, or whoever. You know, like there's, there's, there's a time. There's a time where we get a bit older, and you go through it all, where you realise that some of that stuff is far more important than immediate success on the pitch. But I think it's going to take a lot more than just Tricor coming in and doing everything by themselves either. Like, like I said earlier, I think this should now be. The, the call for everyone to get involved not to, to step away because if you get involved and add a bit of what they have then something good can happen but if it's going to be a case of well there I know leave it then we're not going to get anywhere yeah yeah um, and, and you'd be hoping as well as obviously having local local uh, businesses and, and companies and organisations getting sponsorship you'd be hoping that Tricor with the with the business that they're in they, they could lower a few um of their clients in uh, as sponsors and hopefully give give just give that club that extra cushion to do the things they want, you know. Uh, yeah, but like are you looking anyone around the, the person involved in the business or anything like that? Like now would be the best time to do it because yeah. now you get in on the ground floor of when these people are here and you know like these are massive. Like you know, I, I think the care kind of said it a small bit, but like we've done our own bit of research as well on on try condescending them. They're huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think people realise like it's not like we're not going to get the benefit of all that, like obviously, but they're massive. Like these people know what they're doing. You know, like in terms of business wise, these people know what they're doing. In terms of football wise, I think listening to like obviously Kara, Marie, Tommy, they know what they're doing. Yeah. They know what they're, there's going to be a solid plan of things are going to be done right. So like if you can give any little bit of support at all, why would you not want to get in now on the ground floor of something that could be special for your community and for your city? And like, if you're a big business, small business, whatever, like you could be able to say in years to come, you could forever be able to say, like, no matter how big or how small of hand of a hand you give of of support you give, you forever be able to say if the good things do come from this, and you know there's a great legacy left to this, you will forever be able to say forever and ever and ever, I played my part in that. Yeah. Do you know, like that's no, now is the time to do it. Like, 100%. Yeah, um, I suppose just to move away from from the, the investment talk as well, but Kevin, still a very, very big match to be played on Friday night. Um, we go down to sure. RIT, um, to try and get into the playoffs. Hopefully, if results go our way elsewhere, that Langford might do us a favor again. Um, now I'm not holding my breath that they will, but. Could this be kind of the perfect kind of cap after the last kind of couple of weeks? Because it's been since the announcement it's a week ago, was it? We kind of heard rumblings the, the the Friday before, but like the buzz around the club in the last week has been unreal. So would tomorrow night, if 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 the uh, the miracle does happen, 
would that be kind of like the perfect kind of way to cap off the season? Obviously, you're going to want to compete in the playoffs as well, but even just to get in there after where we were maybe six games ago. Oh, yeah, look, to be, like, geez, I think even even people that were giving out to me for saying we were out of it, thought we were out of it there a few weeks back, and, but to even have the chance is great. And obviously with the, the massive help from the club and, as you said earlier, a big thank you to them. We have a, a, a decent crowd going down. Um, so the atmosphere should be good. Everything should be good. It'll be unbelievable to get in like um, days like tomorrow. And if it was to go well, look, we'll have a laugh. We'll get behind the lads either way. But if it was to go the right way for us, days like tomorrow are the most unbelievable days you can get. You know, like thinking you were you were down and out a few weeks ago to last year of the season. If we can get in, I think it'll just be an extra boost to the positivity that's going around the club at the minute. You know, no matter what happened in the playoffs, it'll be another year in there and. Look, we get more, we get more football. We get a big night into Market Field, and you know it, it really spur the boost, the, the positivity on again. And look, I don't see why not. So I don't see why we can't. Yeah. So I know, I know what you're, I know what you're saying, but like, it's not the most. You know, like it, when Bray were winning there last week, it was kind of looking like oh, we need a bit too much. But like, Alone in terrible form. Yeah, and Waterford don't have been great for them either. I know they've picked up for yeah. the but they seem to have down tools before the, the playoffs. Please, please, guys. Do you know, and, yeah. do you know hopefully they have one eye too. Hopefully they have one eye too, the playoffs. And do you know, like it's not an impossible set of circumstances we're going down here needing. No, in saying that, Waterford are still a very good team with yeah. very good players. Mm-hmm. And if they could click on the day and we could have no hope. Or we could go down here and we could be doing our job and that long could be training a lot because Longford are shit. You know, um, yeah, yeah. I was have to get along for digging, but um, but look, <laughs> yeah, like I think it'd be massive, wouldn't it? Like, I think the whole thing now has kind of got a lift, and there's been a buzz around the place since the news was announced uh, about the investment. So, like, just to add an extra little bit on top of it, actually on the field would be would be unbelievable. It'd be absolutely brilliant. Like, you know, especially with a good crowd going down there, and fucking, I'd love to get, I'd love to do it. I'd love to just get another night now in the Marcus Field where you know you would actually get a few people in and. Just get the buzz going. I'd love it, but one way or another, we'll have our, a great day tomorrow. Exactly, yeah, exactly, and uh, hopefully then it carries on into next season. And, and again, a massive thank you to the club, Mary, to Kira, to Sean O'Brien, to, to the other board members um, for getting us down because it's, I suppose, it's a luxury that we've never really become accustomed to because the club was run on a, a shoestring for so long, Kevin, um, and, and unbelievably done. But uh, it's it's great to have that now. Um, yeah, even yeah, if it's like even if it is, like, it, it, you know, it just to have it, it. It's nice to have something you never did, like you know. What it does, it means an awful lot. Like I think it's 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 easy for people to simplify it too much and say, "Oh, he's a pay for a bus." But like we have a lot of young lads who would love to go to games all the time, who'd love to go to every away game, but. It's just not feasible for, for some people and they've been given the opportunity now to go to this this massive game and like you're in the group chats, you're you're in everything. So you see the buzz that was created as soon as that news came. You've seen all the young lads piling in yeah. to, to get to the game as, as soon as it was made feasible from so like you know, and, and if things go go well tomorrow, please God, like there's gonna be memories made for life. Yeah, and it's and and it, and it's been made like and it's been made possible for some people to be there and make those memories because the lads have done what might seem like it. Listen, it's not cheap either. Let's let's be clear. It's not cheap. To, it's not cheap. These buses aren't cheap. Like. Oh no, cheap. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so I'm not trying to say that, but like for what from the outside might look like and sound like a small gesture of the pay for the lads bus, it's it's massive, you know, because we, we see the struggle we have sometimes with the terms of prices and trying to reach certain numbers to get a bus going. It's like to have that all that taken away and having like everyone got the opportunity now to go tomorrow is absolutely brilliant. I'm very, very thankful to all the lads who made that possible, you know. Yeah, definitely. Kevin, I suppose going back to back to the, the main the main topic of today's podcast, kind of discussed a couple of things there. I know you said it yourself already, but just to go back, what if you're in Kira's shoes now? What's the first thing you you address? Well, I think the first thing has to be the trainer, right? And I think she spoke about that. Of I think the first thing, like if you'd ask Tommy as well, I reckon. That'd be the very, very first thing he'd want. Is get that sorted, like literally right now. Like as in, if you could have it sorted before the season even ended, I know it's tomorrow, but in the next few weeks, if you could, <laughs> if, you could if you could say, right, Tommy, when are you coming back pre-season? Right, here we go. We're starting so here. This is where we're going to be training. We're here for the year. This is your times. You have this. I reckon that would take a weight off Tommy's shoulders, like like you wouldn't believe, you know. Like obviously there's bigger there's bigger things to come in, but like Kara says, she's here a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you could start working anywhere, man. You could like you could start working in Duns or Tesco or a pub and you wouldn't have the full run of the place and the layout of the place in a week. Yeah. Kara's coming to run an entire football club. You know, it's gonna take time. People need to be patient as well, but but like that, like she was saying about big bookings getting everything sorted, like that's the number one thing. And not just for Tommy, for, for everyone, like if if they had like, if they could already know as soon as possible, right? We have this venue or these venues, whatever way they want to work it. Be this is sorted. That's sorted for the year, and that's massive, yeah. you know. And after that, then it's obviously just a matter of, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to be done, you know. Yeah, there's an awful lot to be done. Um, there's, there's big things to be done, and like I think people forget as well, like with the big things, we can't be getting the lease off the ground and. Like getting our own training going on, there's a million little things have to be done, especially in this country before you can, you know, before you even get to that stage. Like it, it sounds great of we're going to try to get our own training best, but as you know yourself, like in this country, you, you have to find a place and then you have to drum two fucking 20 million hoops before you can get to the stage of talking to the people about trying to get the place. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, but like that, like I said, what we can control straight away is that's it's the training thing, you know. Hundred percent, yeah. yeah. That that would be my my main first thing because they've talked about it. Marie's talked about it. Kara's talked about it. Tommy's talked about it. Open the professionalism of the club a bit. Well, that's step one because yeah. it's it's been a disaster, you know. And I'm I'm not having a go at anyone saying that, but it has been a disaster. As I said, I've said to a few people recently, myself, yourself, Dan, we're all involved in junior football, minor football, and we were more secure. In when and where and the times we were going training for the last two years, then Tommy's been at the senior football club, and that's that's madness. Like, yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, it's it's not a good look. All right, um, right, Kevin, anything, anything else to add before we uh, we head on? No, just all I'm gonna say is anyone that does listen, like, as I said, if any business people, any fans, or anything, like. I just reiterate again is now is not the time to step back do you know like it's because Tommy said it a lot of times and I've seen it happen and I know it's the way things go of 
well, these lads are here now with a lot of money, we need to do nothing. No, it's, it's not, it's the opposite. You know, like, now is the time to, like, if if they bring out the new, a new membership thing that's worth it. I'm not saying people throw money at it for nothing. It has to be made worth it as well, like. Yeah. No, but like that memberships, like, if they bring out memberships next year and, uh, like, business community and our listing is like, now we have an added bonus of an absolutely massive company behind us to make sure that any support you give is utilised properly. And add their little bit to it, you know, and like I'm sure a company like Tricor or whatever, like if they see that the community is actually buying in, then surely would that not make them think, Jesus, let's give it like no, let's give an extra little push. No, yeah. it's gonna be worth it. Like if but if they see right, this crowd is gonna leave it to us, they think we're just gonna do everything when you'll be like you'd be a bit hesitant, you know. Like the chances there now for something special, like not in terms of buying a league in Australia, but an actual legacy an actual future for, for Limerick senior football and if things are done right so rowing behind it now like we, we've said this previously and I'm thinking about everyone from every facet of the club that you didn't know I knew that word either but like <laughs> everywhere like literally from the smallest thing let's row in behind it now because we already spoke about this before the news of the takeover any of us had heard of like yeah. a few weeks ago but let's get in behind the club this. let's do it even more now let's, let's do it with a bit extra energy now because we know there's something massive there behind the world. You know, if you have any time at all to volunteer for anything, give it to the club. If you have any bit of support you can give to the club, give it to the club. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said, through the off-season, we're going to be there to try and make a buzz for, for the start of next season. But, you know, what a, what a boost we've gotten already. We're giving a buzz with, with this news. And, uh, and they may include things that will lead to fines, unfortunately. But... <laughs> uh, we'll, try, we'll, we'll try our best to... We can't promise we'll never get any fines, but we'll try and severely limit the amount of fines we get. Sorry, Keller. And um, yeah, and other than that, I think, uh, look, other than that, let's fucking try to get a crowd down uh, in front of the cameras on TG4 for the women's game against Shamrock Rovers. And uh, let's try and make ourselves look good on the old telly there and get a bit of support in behind that because, listen, from that side of the club, we wouldn't have had any of this stuff either, do you know? Exactly, yeah, they were the flagship, so... Um, perfect stuff lovely Kevin um, enjoy Waterford tomorrow and uh, right. hopefully hopefully we come back and we'll, we'll be in the playoffs I think it's Tuesday night if we win if, if things go our way we're, we're in the playoffs in the Marcus Field so please God huh? enjoy Portugal you when you're walking on the beach thank you very much thank you we'll, uh, I'll be watching on in a pub somewhere on, on Friday night and uh, with my 3D top screaming at the TV as always oh lovely oh lovely bye now <laughs> bye now bye now bye now Thank you.